there's this, there's this, you know, wall, and then you are walking here, and the other ones are walking this way. See, maybe don't see each other, you know, or you are walking the same way. You know, you don't see each other because there's being, you know, there's a, a barrier, not exactly barrier, but a wall there, you know, but you are walking the same way. So similarly, Buddhism and science, they explain the same thing. They're trying to explain the same thing, you know, but from two different uh, ways. Mm-hmm. And yet, you know, to our, uh, of course, in terms of explanation of uh, explanation of the mind, which two of them are trying to explain, you know, Buddhism, of course, is so advanced in this explanation mm-hmm. from its own direction. And whereas science, neuroscience, it is not that advanced. Mm-hmm. Still, you know, this, why we can say this is quite uh, easy because particularly you know, we used to have uh, initiated by His Holiness and then uh, uh, Francisco Barrera who is one of the most prominent mm-hmm. neuroscientists mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. in uh, the mm-hmm. contemporary world and uh, Richard Davidson mm-hmm. and another prominent, prominent mm-hmm. scientist neuroscientist in was uh, Medicine University, yeah. yeah. So, and then one businessman, Adam Angle, you know, mm-hmm. two of them, they proposed to his audience about, you know, uh, conducting mm-hmm. such a conference in Buddhism Science. And then, for the last 20 some years, this conference has been, you know, uh, been held almost like every two years, mm-hmm. but then at one point, even sometimes twice a year. Mm-hmm. So that is actually a discussion between the primarily um, the workings of brain and the workings of mind. Mm-hmm. So from there we can easily see, you know, the neuroscientist is trying to explain something. And then his holiness and you know the British scholars when they ask questions as to how about what did you you know, what did you find from the point on the the brain level, uh, this experience of the mind, and so forth, mm-hmm. and then suddenly they get stuck. Mm-hmm. You know, stuck not not because <coughs> they you know they fail, mm-hmm. but because they are yet to really get there mm-hmm. to such situation. Mm-hmm. And of course, unlike you know the Buddhist approach, the approach is heavily dependent on the sophistication of the machine. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. so when if the machines are not that sophisticated. Then get to wait. So, actually, you know, from the point of view of the diversity and the complexity of the workings of the mind, the understanding from the point of view of the brain is really still rudimentary or still very primitive, still very beginning. Mm-hmm. But still, I would say, even if that's the case, they are very successful. They did a marvelous job. You know, they really try to look at the, the pieces of the brain, the neurons, in a very subtle way, and then try to explain the workings of the, the, the mind on the basis of the brain. Mm-hmm. So this is, you know, um, what they have. And Buddhism, so we can say, we cannot really go beyond. It's already to the consummate state, the complete state of explanation. It's already perfected. It's already very sophisticated. Now look. Uh, you know, one of the premise or one of the beliefs of the neuroscientists, the present neuroscientists or the neuroscience, is that 
uh, it says, mind is but brain. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. And if you ask them, how do you conclude this? There's no answer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they just assume. They have no answer. Yeah. You know? So they say that, and in mm-hmm. fact, Eric Cantor, uh, the nurse, uh, he got the Nobel Prize for physiology and I think medicine, you know, actually he, uh, his uh, specialty is on the neurons, mm-hmm. you know. So, in his book, I read his book, In Search of Memory, um, he did so well, and then every now and then he was coming up with the basic beliefs of the neuroscience, the contemporary neuroscience at least, uh, saying that mind is brain. And nowhere in his book really gives a convincing answer mm-hmm. as to how mind is brain. Mm-hmm. No. Mm-hmm. And then he was mm-hmm. also trying to come about come with all different conclusions after, you know, coming up with his own experiments, data and these things. But if you compare the two, conclusion and the data, they really don't go compatibly. Mm-hmm. You know? Mm-hmm. There's a gap. Mm-hmm. There's always explanatory gap. They're mm-hmm. trying to explain you know, the working of the mind so completely, and yet they, you know, experiment is backing behind. Mm-hmm. They try to somehow deliberately, you know, possibly mm-hmm. try to combine the two, <laughs> yeah. you know, and then try to uh, come up with hazardous, incredibly, you know, unacceptable conclusion. What mm-hmm. is of the very small data mm-hmm. that they have. You know, so this is. And then now the main point that is of great interest. Now the question is, what Buddhism speaks about the mind, which is different from the brain. But is this, the, is this the case? Yes, of course. But how do you know that it is different from the mind, brain? This is the question. You know. So, and we are not saying that oh, because you know, uh, because you know, uh, by by doing hypnosis, we can see people recording. You know. No, these really don't make any sense, you know, even from the point of view of, even from the point of view of a genuine Buddhist scholar and a Buddhist, you know, perspective. If the Buddha is there, he wouldn't say, you know, oh, this is the way to prove. No, he wouldn't say, he wouldn't agree with it. <laughs> so there must be, you know, some way by which to prove that there's a mind which is distinct from the brain. So this is the challenge, right? Okay. <laughs> so, uh, it is actually in Buddhism. Now the question is, is there anything so concrete in Buddhism, Buddhist philosophy, or Buddhist psychology, uh, which tells us that there's a mind in the brain? So, you know, one of the the most, um, you know, one of the most um, the explicitly presented attack on this issue is by Dharmakirti. Mm-hmm. Who happened to be, I think, around seventh or eighth century, and uh, he is, you know, in those years he was just the outstanding Buddhist scholar, you know. So his sense of intelligence, just is just intelligence, just remarkable. So he <coughs> tried to prove the existence of mind, sorry, existence of former and the later lines, you know, mm-hmm. simply on the basis of pure logic, not on the basis of you know. Or I can remember it, or you know, mm-hmm. or say, or this is what I believe. You know, you should believe it. Not like that. Mm. 
simply on a very systematic, logical way mm -hmm. be improved. So this is what we have now. You know, uh, there was one uh, geishi who happened to be open-minded. You know, although he was not at all exposed to the West, just brought up in Tibet. You know, and then he escaped to India. And the moment he was he escapes, he happened to be in the States. So he met with, being a great intellectual himself, he met with many scientists. Mm -hmm. And then they were discussing, you know. And then, <coughs> about the brain, mind, and the thing. And when he returned to India, he met my teacher, you know, one of my teachers, who is again the top debater, you know. Just everybody, you know, understands his part of logic, reason, was simply, you know, get lost in. Uh, oh, it's amazing. So, this, uh, this Geshe, you know, who happened to be state and then met my teacher there, um, told my teacher, this is what I was later told by my teacher, you know, to me. And he told, and uh, I the, um, told my teacher that, oh, look, I'm just wondering how effective this, this Dharma can be, text is. I'm going you know, on about proving <laughs> form of later life. Because nowadays the scientists, you know, they are coming up with wonderful explanations. And he is, you know, really open. It's not being, you know, but fine and staunch or timid. So, oh, I think scientists, they are really coming up with wonderful ideas of brain and this wrong, you know. So, oh, I, I don't think I'm going to give the, his book and prove to scientists that they just, you know, are forming a later life. And then, I was just curious as to what my, you know, this is what, this is what I've been learning. Modern science perspectives on brain, you know, mm -hmm. and then Buddhist perspectives for the last many years. And I was just wondering, what my teacher was responded to this question. And then, and then I was just even waiting, and my teacher, you know, he said, Oh, you're right. And my teacher's also really, you know, it's not often, he's really very often, you know, very often. And he said, right, 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 you're right. But, but, you know, if you work in a complete holistic way this on the text, supposed by Tharma Kirti, surely he must have, you know, came up with, he must have, you know, uh, come up with the reason, enough logic, you know, which is strong enough even to refute, you know, the scientific perspectives who believe that uh, there is no separate mind from the brain. Mm -hmm. And he just sort of that. He didn't go any further. And interesting what happened with that once, you know, uh, look, the kind of the debate, the kind of discussion is so open. So great in my monastery. What happened is that uh, every year, and in the end of the the academic session, uh, there's going to be a huge gathering where, like, you know, thousands of all these all these, these great geishas, the abbots, you know, the <laughs> the top top ones, they come at the top, and then the new geishas down, and then the, the senior students, then the younger students, they all just gather, and it is the job of the younger students to, you know, come up with questions mm -hmm. on the, the study of logic and questions. Mm -hmm. The only they bring the question. Mm -hmm. At first, the top one, they will not, they will simply listen to the question, they will not say even a word. 
it is the work of the, you know, new kitchen to respond to it. And then, if, you know, of course, the students, they couldn't really, you know, come up with the next question because these are still, they are great issues, the new kitchen. So, if <coughs> the, the senior kitchen, you know, they are unhappy with the response, then they would help the students mm. by coming up questions, you know, <laughs> mm. <laughs> and if these questions are unable to answer it, then the effort still has that. And then if the top reviewers, you know, like the head of the Gelupa, the these, you know, great <laughs> masters, if they are unhappy of this LGBT issue, they will come up with questions. <laughs> oh, it's so beautiful. At one point, what happened was that, again, highly respectable, you know. Again, I'm so privileged to be his, his student. So, he happens to, you know, he's also from this, the same monastery, you know, our monastery. And then, usually he stays, you know, outside. And th that time, during that particular time, he was there. He was there. And then, you know, my, the other teacher, was also there, and all these giants, they're all there, you know. And then what happened was that um, someone brought up this issue, you know, about forming the little life, mm. you know, how to prove. And I thought, now look, if I see something from scientific perspective, then this is opportunity to look. Like all the great debaters, you know, the scholars, <laughs> and all these guys. That is my time, you know, <laughs> to just, just throw it there, you know. <laughs> And then look, so some come over there, and then, in fact, most of them, they used to be in the bunch all the time, you know, whole year, whereas this particular teacher came from outside, you know, and he's actually known for his skill of debate, you know, in all over Tibet, say, it is believed that, you know, if he comes up with one question, you know, no one can really answer it. Mm -hmm. This is the kind of space. <coughs> yeah. So then, so that time instead of him asking questions, now he being so elderly, you know, he was responding. And in fact, my teacher, he, my main, the other teacher, he w was just telling everyone that now look, we have, you know, a great teacher here. Mm -hmm. It is our responsibility to come up with questions rather than you know also trying to answer mm -hmm. mm -hmm. questions. Uh, let our venerable actual teacher, you know. This after. And then, uh, you know, this celebrated master, he was answering, responding to this. And then, from my perspective, which means from certain perspective, still I could see something, you know, there's a gap. Mm. There's a gap. And then, you know, I was sitting so far away, you know, and then I raised my hand and I asked a question you know, bringing in the, the neurons, workings of the neurons in it. Mm. And then my teacher, my, you know, the main teacher, he, you know, <laughs> so he's familiar with my voice. <laughs> and then, actually, he's a boy, you know, <laughs> to be confused, you know, the, the sharpness of his, his pain in the monastery, you know. So if he says a word, everybody says, he just this is the kind of his, you know, his team mm. of his, you know, smartness. And then 
genie will say, yes, then everyone simply comes down, you know. Now, Dorji, look, it is your responsibility. Whatever you have in your mind, from scientific perspective, now this is time you speak up. And everyone, you should listen well to him. You listen well to him as to what he is to say, you know. Otherwise, if he really doesn't say this, you know, if I say this, and everybody, many of the young ones, you know, they will take it through. They would think seriously. Uh-huh. Well, yeah. that's the science, they don't know about minds like that. <laughs> and then when my teacher said that, everybody simply is silent, <laughs> you know. And then, then now look, speak, speak, whatever you have to say, this is time, stage, <laughs> you know. And then, you know, I've got the, the ball is my hand, you know. And then I simply uh, point to simple question, no explanation, simple question. Because there's a question answer for me, you know? Mm. I still ask questions. Um, so this is mainly, you know, about the as to how the mind, from Buddhist perspective, in this text, it says that, you know, the mind is given rise to an early moment's mind. Just as the apple should be given rise to an early moment of the seed of an apple, not by and you know, yeah. mango apple. Mm-hmm. So that way you push back in time. You go back in time. And then eventually you come to the first time of the moment of the conception in the mother's womb. Mm-hmm. And again, this needs to be, you know, pushed back mm-hmm. in time. So the immediate early moment is your past life. Mm-hmm. You know, this is how this works. And then about, you know, uh, these things. So then I was trying to explain the same thing, phenomena which is, you know, used to prove the former life. Same thing from the uh, from the point of view of the brain, what is neurons. And then, this can be explained on the basis of the neurons, you know, neurons, and the neurons are derived, you know, from very this life. They are not passed from your former lifetime, mm-hmm. you know. So this is that, how can we really use that as a means to put former life, you know. I simply put the question, mm-hmm. and then, the most respected, you know, teacher, he gave he gave an answer. Again, I came up with the next question, you know. And then another giant there, you know. He was very unhappy. And he's, again, he's so smart, incredibly smart, you know. And he responded. He took, you know. And he started responding. And then, before I came up with the next question, he said, I see. But before I came up with the next question, he said, I see. Then you're going to say this. And I said, Yes, you're right. Huh. <laughs> and then he said, Oh, yeah, this is what I need to think. You know? So, look, yeah. there's such an open discussion happening. Mm-hmm. Such open. Any questions can come in. Mm-hmm. Any questions, whether from physics, whether from biology, or any. But you should be able to articulate the question, you know, in the language of this mm-hmm. world. Mm-hmm. The concept is, you know, any concept is acceptable. Mm-hmm. You know? Look, this is kind of openness. Yeah. So, so then I was really giving more and more and more thought to it, you know. So in fact, some of you have already heard, particularly Alex heard it, you know, because of my meeting with him many times, three times, all my, you know, three visits. Okay. So, what happened is that it was my, I think, the second year of my, you know, enrollment at Mark. And 
an American, la an American lady doctor having to give a lecture on the working for brain mm -hmm. to the, you know, the, for I think 60, 70 months there. And I was a translator. So being a translator, I should be so, I should listen to it so attentively, making sure that, you know, to the best of my ability, not to miss any point. So, I almost got what she was saying. <laughs> you know? And then, going back to my room after the lecture, my, my mind was simply lost, you know? Simply lost in thought about how, you know, how there's a separate mind. Because she explained so beautifully as to, you know, the yeah. different emotional states on the basis of the brain, you know? Yeah. Oh, but I have actually, you know, renounced myself from joining college, <laughs> you know, <laughs> becoming physicist. All these things I give up with the belief that, you know, that there's something that I can keep on improving my next mm -hmm. life, yeah. which means there's next life, which means there's a mind separate from the brain. Mm -hmm. But according to what he explained so beautifully, you cannot deny it, <laughs> that there's no mind, <laughs> it's just a brain. <laughs> then I really started, you know, oh, what, 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 this <laughs> <laughs> means from a later life, you know, continuation to next life. What if there is no next life? If there is no mind, why this? You know. <laughs> yeah. Then I really jumped a different way. It's mad. So now look, it's not a small thing. It is your journey to explore whether there is a mind. Mm -hmm. Don't say I'm Buddhist. I'm born Buddhist. Don't say this. Really explore in it to see if there is a mind just from the brain. Then my journey really st you know started from there. Mm -hmm. Then, you know, as years passed, from the holistic perspective, I could see, I would say, I can, you know, understand something, that, of course, there is a mind, there is a mind that's from the brain, without which you cannot really explain such things, this thing, that thing, so forth, holistic, you know, becoming more and more and more confident. And then, you know, still in the journey. So, <coughs> you know, and then later at one point I got the, I got a really strong feeling that how, how everything, you know, is working so systematically. Say for example, in South India, it's, you know, in the winter it's the hottest time. Yeah. It's the hottest time of the year in winter, you know. and. And when it's a snow mountain, it's way thousands of miles away. So how can people survive here? Look, you know, people get water. From where? From Earth. But where did the water come from the Earth? You know, it's from the snow mountain, you know, down. So people over there need water. And the water exactly comes there. And people need food. Where do they get food? They get food from the crops. But then where did do they grow? They grow from the you know, plant. Oh, sorry, they from the field. What a field, you know, if you put a seed and tomorrow it will not grow like this. We need water. But they scarce get the water, you know? How can you have enough water to for all these huge lands? And then at the exact time there's rain comes. <laughs> you know? Exact time. And look, it's so marvelous, it's so amazing how it was there, you know? So 
it rains. And then the farmers, they go there and, you know, do the toying, you know, tilting, and then finally putting the seed. Then after the seed is, you know, put, then the rain stops for about one week. You know, one week home, because there if it rains, then people cannot continue the work. Mm-hmm. And then grass would grow, the pests, you know. So there's just, the rain stops for one week. And then, after everything well settled, then the, again the rain showers. Hmm. Is there God? Someone really could, you know, somebody? <laughs> <laughs> so systematic, so systematic, you know. And look, we need air to listen. You know, we need air to listen. But what about other, uh, what about other planets? Do they have such air as we have? No, they don't have. We have it. And, and they can, you know, this air can actually gradually dissipate and run away. But it's not happening. It's been protected, you know, by the gravity. You know? And again, the wind is sun. But the sun, you know, it doesn't know whether this good ray or bad ray. It doesn't know that. So it simply says everything that they have, you know. I don't know this is what I have. You give everything to us. Among them, they are so poisonous, you know, radiation. And then again, there is ozone layer there to protect it, you know. To protect it and simply, you know, let go the beneficial rays and protect it. But there must be someone, you know. <laughs> there must be someone. There must be someone. There must be someone. The Bodhisattva is so, <coughs> either it is God, mm-hmm. either it is God, or it is something else. It is something else. Or God, you know. Don't say karma immediately. Be very unbiased. Either God or karma, you know, or something, some other, other agent. If you say God, again you put logic, you know. If God really created everything, He should be so compassionate. But where in real life, there is so countless numbers of, you know, undesirable, unhappy things happening. Oh, this couldn't be His creation. Moreover, if there is a God, the question is, who created God then? Yeah. If you say no, God doesn't really need creator, then why do these need creator? Mm-hmm. You know? All these questions come in. So accepting God is something untenable. So there's something, you know, there's something else, some other agent. What is that? What is that? So then, you know, in real life, say if there's one person, just one person among thirty you know, thirty or fifty people and who is so visionary, you know. He can guide the entire area so well, you know, everything simply starts blossoming. So this means that it's a force our own mind. Mind can do it. Our mind can do it, you know. So then how the mind does it? So what we read it in, is it something that, you know, this mind, our mind, you know, is responsible? No. Say, you know, a person is born in a very rich family, in a very rich family, you know. He, his mind didn't say that, oh, I'm going to be a rich family. He didn't say that. But he's born there. But this means that, you know, there's something connected with his mind, not at all acceptable, not at all accountable by any other way, mm-hmm. not accountable by the physical body. There's something else. What is that? This is how we think. So this thinking has the power, very strong power to, you know, govern all these things. So, other than this, there is nothing else. 
And then, where this come from? You know? So this controls the body, not the body controlling it. Because this controls everything. It's not the body controlling everything. So where did this come from? Mm-hmm. So, according to our personal experience, today is this wonderful thinking from yesterday. Yesterday, earlier. You go, then you already apply with, you know, um, Dharma Kirti. It works here somewhere, you know? Mm-hmm. It works there. And then, we go at the first moment of conception. Where did it come from? Mm-hmm. You know? From previous. Oh, that is from my mind. Mm-hmm. You know? Mm-hmm. So one. And another thing is, so this is one thing. This, that was really coming up to me. You know? <coughs> one. And another thing was, another thing is that, you know, it is said that you need to understand what mind is. Actually, he told me also later, you know, I was quite surprised that what I thought really resonates, you know, with what he told me, you know, has in his mind. What happened was that, he told me that, in order to understand, in order to understand this Dharmakirti's reason, you know, we need to understand what my mind is. For this, we need to have experience of it. And this experience of, uh, you know, this mind, uh, we need to deliberately, you know, try to practice, through training, in this habit. So then for that, there's the, the method of, you know, uh, meditation, whereby you stop the experience of all formal memories of the, the you know, past events, and then don't anticipate in the future, simply keep watching your mind, or the present mind, simply keep watching, don't follow after it. And then, also don't, you know, don't follow after the five-sense object. Simply maintain your mind, keep watching your mind. Let it do whatever it, you know, it does. But simply keep watching it. And then, gradually, you have the experience of this mind, you know, near, clear, and luminous. Once you experience this mind, once you experience this mind, then, when you apply Dharma Kitsi's reason, it works 100%. Because, you know, it is, it's like this. If you, ha- if you don't have any idea as to what you know, elephant is, if I say, oh, elephant is not in my, you know, elephant is not with me, you know, I don't see it here, then you might want to, oh, it could be in your pocket. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because you don't know what elephant is. Mm-hmm. Well, if you, if you have seen what elephant is, you know, mm-hmm. if I say, no, elephant is not here, you will not ask this question. Mm-hmm. It could be in your pocket, you will not ask it, because you know what it is. So similarly, if you know what exactly might is, one's own personal identification of this mind with meditation, then you come to know that, you know, oh, this nature and the nature of the body is very different. Mm. Two different things. So like, you know, apple and mango. So the mango can grow only from the mango seed, not from apple seed. And the apples can grow only from apple seed, not from mango seed. Then you, you know, trace it back. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they will have different, you know, mm-hmm. um, the, uh, different uh, continuum. And the continuum of the mind, it is the, you know, we trace it back, and the formula is that's it. Time is, you know, reason works perfectly. Mm-hmm. Now, quite recently, as I was working more and more on this, you know, now from the point of view of, you know, where to scientists have I said that you have to meditate to, to understand your mind, <laughs> you know, the <laughs> you know, you know, so, so there, I was quite happy, you know, to 
I was just really trying to work on this, trying to work on this. And Grace, you know, I got one point, very striking, even to the scientists, you know, that say, say, you know, I am right now thinking of something, and you don't know what I'm thinking, you know. And then, our scientists, even they don't know. Now, they have those sophisticated machines, like MRI and so forth. And then you let, you know, uh, the scientists simply scan your brain, you know, and they could have the, you know, the signals yeah. coming out, mm-hmm. which the scientists can see, mm-hmm. you know. And then, instead, this is how the, I came to know when I was, you know, uh, translating for that lady doctor, American lady doctor, that what they do is that, say, um, <coughs> a patient is there, and then somebody takes the, the scalp out, and the brain is bare, there, you know, mm-hmm. solid brain. And then the, the physician will touch the different parts of the brain, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. yeah. uh, touch the brain part A, and then the patient is alive. The patient mm-hmm. is conscious, mm-hmm. you know, no anesthesia, <coughs> conscious, real. Mm-hmm. So then ask the patient, what do you feel? Mm-hmm. What is the kind of feeling, thoughts mm-hmm. come to your mind? You know, mm-hmm. when touch the um, brain part A, and then, oh, there's a feeling of and then touch bring you know, part B. Oh, there's a euphoric experience. A tremendous joy, incredible ecstasy, you know. So this is how they learn, you know, how the brain. It's not that they really see these experiences in, in the person, you know. Mm-hmm. You try to first, oh, when this happens, this is experience, mm-hmm. because this is what he's saying. You know, this is how mm-hmm. they, 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 they learn. Mm-hmm. On the basis of this, when they see the different uh, signals, you know, from the MRI, MRI scanning and these mm-hmm. things, then they would they infer, infer, it's not reading, mm-hmm. you know, infer, mm-hmm. and I see this, uh, this is the, the kind of the wave here, this is kind of the signal, so this is that the person is, you know, uh, undergoing pain, or this is a signal, this is a person is, you know, having uh, the kind of in coma or sort of state like that, you know, mm-hmm. so, so this, what they are seeing, the brain activations is what they are seeing. Mm-hmm. They could see the brain activation, but they couldn't see the mental activation. Mm-hmm. Mental ex- activation is what they are inferring. Mm-hmm. So from here we see that the mental activation and brain activation is not identical. Mm-hmm. You know, there is something different mm-hmm. other than this brain activation. Mm-hmm. So what the biologists they are trying to, what the neuroscientists they are trying to say, Mind is the brain, this is wrong, even from this perspective. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. This is so obvious, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think this is a very strong point yeah. where you can mm-hmm. say mind is very different from brain. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I thought it quite recently. Yeah. 